Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Oh God, we give you thanks. We thank you for this day and for this opportunity to be in the community, to share and ministry with one another. So God, as we join together, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. I, I love the Easter season. And yeah, we're still in the Easter season. Easter wasn't just last Sunday where we celebrated resurrection, but Easter stretches on for a period of 50 days to where we come to what's called Pentecost Sunday. And that's where we celebrate the birth of the church. And sometimes we want to skip quickly to that moment. But there is so much that has happened, or there's so much that does happen in these, this period of waiting for the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have uh, just a lot of different ministry opportunities that Christ had with his disciples. First uh, Corinthians 15 reminds us that during this period before from the from resurrection to the ascension Jesus saw 500 of his followers he was able to be a living example to show them that the stories were true that Christ has risen and those stories are still true for us today and we know because of the witnesses of those before us that resurrection just wasn't a story. But it's something that changes lives all around us. But just like the resurrection story, just like that time that, that Christ visited his followers, there was a lot of activity. Sometimes we like to think that after Easter happens, things kind of go into a lull. We don't really have to think about things as much. But in our church as well, we have a lot going on. Sharing at the beginning of the service about the church has left the building next week. You know, that is such an important activity for us. That allows us to be the embodiment of Christ to those around us. To take us a little bit out of our comfort zone. To, to try something different. Something we may not have done before. So again, I just invite you, if you haven't had a chance to sign up for something, to please take a look at the sheets that are around and see how you can get plugged in. Or just show up on Sunday at 9 o'clock and see where you can get plugged in to see where God is calling you to go into our neighborhoods and be Christ's hands and feet to the world. Then after that Sunday, the next Sunday is that, is Confirmation Sunday. How cool is that? We have five kids who will, will claim the name of Christ 
who will, who will become full members of our congregation, who will stand with you and say that we are here to be a part, a full part of the body of Christ. And, of course, the Sunday of that, we have Mother's Day. And then the Sunday after that, we'll be celebrating our seniors. And then the Sunday after that, we'll be celebrating those who have made a difference in our lives who are no longer here. Those who have touched us, who may have taught us, who may have helped us grow in our faith. And during the 11 o'clock service, we'll, we'll share in that, that book of gold and memories moment, which I'm excited about because I haven't had a chance to do that yet here. So I'm looking forward to honoring those who have built our church, who have helped us to be one, to be a part of the community of faith. So there, there's just a lot going on, and I'm just so excited to be a part of that with you. But we step back. We step back now to take a look at a moment in Scripture where Jesus comes to his disciples in a moment of fear, in a moment of anxiety. And if you're like me, maybe you hear Jesus coming to you in that exact same way. I invite you to look at, uh, open your Bibles to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. If you don't have your Bibles with us, I'll have the scripture up on the screen and you can follow along there. Hear the word of the Lord. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> you know, you may not know this about me, but, but I can tend to be a little anxious. I can tend to be a little anxious, and I can tend to worry. You know, I worry, especially on Sunday mornings, I get up really, really early, and I worry that I'm going to wake Tracy up as I'm bumping around the dark bedroom, going to the bathroom and getting dressed and all that stuff. I worry that uh, when I'm out working in the living room, that one of the cats are going to start meowing to let them in to the bedroom and wake her up again. Or I, I worry about family. I worry about our kids. You know, are they getting jobs? Are they taking care of their responsibilities? I worry about the church. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are, are we making a difference? Are we sharing Christ's love and grace in a tangible way that it's making a difference? I worry and I start to get anxious and I start trying to fiddle around and seeing what it is that I can tinker with or what I can fix or, 
all of these different emotions. And then I stop and I realize, you know, those, that's just kind of trivial, really. Because I know God has things under control. And if I claim the name of Christ in my life, then God will make sure or God will be with me through all of these trials, difficulties, worries, anxiety. I think the disciples had to deal with that too a little bit. You know, here we are, the first day of the week. They were gathering together because they've heard interesting news just that morning. Mary goes to the tomb, sees the stone rolled away, and she runs into this guy that she thinks is the gardener, but it turns out to be the Christ. And she goes to the disciples to exclaim what, what had happened. So all of this fear and anxiety is around this room. And that day, the day of resurrection, Christ comes to the disciples. And he says words that, that I take to heart whenever I feel run down or when I feel anxious. He tells the disciples, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Sometimes I think we take peace for granted. Like, for example, um, on Good Friday, not only did we remember Christ dying on the cross, but there was something else that happened that day. That was the day that uh, Star Wars Episode Eight released their trailer for The Last Jedi. And one of the greatest jokes of Star Wars that we like to say in the church is whenever somebody says, the force be with you, we say, and also with you. It's like we do when we pass the peace sometimes, isn't it? The peace be with you. This becomes something that just rolls off the top of our head. We don't really think about what that means. Of course, we want world peace. We want things to be nice and calm. We don't want friction or anything to really rub us the wrong way. We want peace. But see, this is not the kind of peace that Christ is talking about. The Hebrew word is shalom. Shalom, which means a, 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 it's a blessing or it's a favor from God. See, when Jesus comes to his disciples, he's giving them a blessing. And if we look throughout the entire book of John, there are two other times where Christ is in the midst of his disciples and he shares with them this particular blessing. The first time is in John chapter 14, where Jesus is talking about how he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's talking to the disciples, sharing with them that he's going to go to a particular place. And he looks at the disciples and he says, you know where I'm going. And I can see the disciples just kind of sitting there going, yeah, we know, we know. 
And they didn't know. They had no idea what Jesus was talking about. But there was one disciple, Thomas, who I could see just kind of timidly raising his hands, going, yeah, uh, Jesus, we have no idea what you're talking about. And after Thomas asked that question, Jesus says these words. In 1427, he says, peace I leave with you. God's blessing and favor I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. Yeah, I think we get caught up in the idea of wanting to find peace and those things of the world that confuses us. Or we clamor for things that we think are going to give us peace, but in all actuality, it throws a wrench in things. Now, if I get that new car, I'll be finally happy and I'll have peace. If, if I pay all of my debts, I'll be happy and I'll have peace. If I do good things, I'll be happy and I have peace. But see, that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying that it is through the blessing and favor from God that we can receive, that we will have peace. So the disciples in our scripture, I think they're starting to get the picture that this is really the Christ in front of them. And then he says it again. Peace be with you. And maybe that triggers something else in the disciples' mind as in later in John, Jesus is talking about again where he is going to go away. And he's trying to share with them, and he finally comes out and just says it. And the disciples are like, oh, we know what you're saying now. You're speaking in plain language. And then in John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that you will have peace in me. You won't have peace in those other things that are around you, but you will have actual peace in me. In the world, you will have distress, but be encouraged. I have conquered the world. Just what a great reminder that as the living Christ is standing there saying, peace be with you, it is a physical presence of God showing that he has conquered the world. Not through military might, not through power, but through his love and his grace. By dying on the cross and rising again, that has allowed God, or that shows that God has conquered the world. And then Jesus breathes the gift of the Holy Spirit on them. And he does this because it's an important act. It shows first and foremost that, that Jesus wanted the disciples and Jesus wants us to be a part of God's redemptive work. See, Jesus knows that we play an important role in being Christ's body to the world. Paul talks about that later in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. He reminds us that we are the body of Christ. 
and we are parts of each other. There are gifts that each and every one of us in this room that we have that we can share with others. Danny has different gifts than Bruce. Bruce has different gifts than Kat does. All of these gifts, they come together to give a picture of the full body of Christ. And when one of those parts are missing, parts of the body are missing. And when one of those parts are missing, then we aren't really in line with what God is calling us to do. There are some times that we can throw a pity party for ourselves. And again, I'm saying that again for me, not, not pointing out anybody in the room. We throw a pity party and say, well, there's really nothing I can do. I'm just me. I'm not that special. I'm not that important. But the fact of the matter is, when you are a part of the body of Christ, you are gifted to make a difference. Jesus wants you to be a part of his work. But I think the most important thing that we have, and the most important part that we have of this scripture is that it's a reminder that we need Jesus. See, it's good to do good things. But Jesus is the one who gives us the purpose behind doing those good things. I'm a member of Rotary. I love Rotary. I love the camaraderie that we have there. I love what they do as an organization. But that's all it is, is an organization. It's an organization that tries to do things, but I do know a lot of strong Christian men and women in Rotary who are a part of that organization because Christ compels them to be a part of that organization. See, we need Jesus so that we can be whole because the reminder is that Jesus knows our past. Jesus knows everything that we have been through. In Hebrews 13, 8, it reminds us that Christ Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, Christ has the ability to walk through our past failures, our past disasters, our past anxieties. And Christ can walk with us and give us a new beginning. It's not that we're going to stop being sinful people because that's what our nature is. Brennan Manning, one of my favorite authors, who would say that, uh, he would say that God loves us as we are, not as we should be, because none of us will ever be as we should be. See, God loves us today, and God is there as our friend. See, Jesus comes knowing that we're going to fall short, but Jesus loves us anyway. Jesus knows that we're going to miss the mark here and there, but Jesus loves us anyway. Jesus knows that he will get us through to 
the end, which is one of the last reasons why we need to know Jesus or we need Jesus in our lives is because Jesus holds the future. Another one of my favorite verses that I hold on to is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for a future and a hope. See, Jesus holds us safe and secure in his hands to give us that peace, the peace from God, not the peace from the world, but the peace that we are able to hold on to that promise that Christ will always be with us. So this morning, as we hear the words that Jesus is saying, peace be with you, let it be words of comfort. Let it be words that cheer us on when things are dark and difficult. Let it be an opportunity for us to share Christ's love in a tangible way so that the peace that we have may become the peace our family, our friends, our neighbors, our world can also have. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us your peace. Every day we are able to walk in that shalom, that favor and presence from God. As we leave the empty tomb, we don't leave it to be just on one Sunday a year, but we leave it to proclaim daily that you are risen. And because you have risen, you are continuing to make a difference in the world around us. Help us as your followers to, to be a part of that difference-making. Help us as your followers to boldly proclaim that our peace doesn't rest on whoever's in power or whatever possessions we have, but our peace lies within you. And we pray this in the name of the one who came to give us life, in the name of the one who came to give us peace, Jesus our Lord. Amen.